0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16. Proverbs 24 and 16. I got done, I usually, well, most every time I send the scriptures over to the media, the computer up there for them to put them on the screen and I got done with uh, my lesson, and I looked, and I had, I had four verses, <laughs> four four scriptures, and I a fifth one I reused. So I don't have a whole lot of scripture, Dave. More talking, I guess. Proverbs twenty four sixteen, for a just man falleth seven times and ris- riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. In other words. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked is what the second part of that, of that verse means. You may be seated. And I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak about, I don't have a catchy title for it. I'm just, I just titled it Failure. Um, adjust here in Proverbs verse 20, up. Uh, chapter 24 and verse 16 it says a just or righteous person and a perfect person is not the same thing the only sinless just righteous person was Jesus the scripture is pointing out the difference between the just man and the wicked a righteous person gets back up is what the scripture is telling us is is that a a righteous person has failures just and But they just get back up. And we know that <clears throat> there is only, I, I thought about this when I was praying. We, in fact, there was a a song that came on about, about Jesus never fails. And There used to be an old one, he never failed me yet, he never failed me yet. And I, I thought of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where it says love, charity never faileth. So we do know there are some things that never fail, but as human beings, we do fail. We we you know before I got right with with God, and I I, um, I started and started coming to this church. I knew absolutely nothing about God. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any Bible stories. I didn't know I didn't know who Moses was. I didn't know who David was. I didn't know I didn't know anything and i remember i read through the bible the first time with the bread program and i still remember this i remember reading through the bible and i don't know how far i got you know maybe it was 3 months into coming into the church or something and i'm reading and i start you start in genesis and and i'm reading and i have this i'm looking at this and there's just you you get into uh Genesis and and mankind fails, God, there's judgment, mankind, and then you get into the, you know, the kings and and, um, the judges, and it's always a big failure, and I remember, you know, again, I, I, I was a person that didn't know anything, and I remember thinking, does anybody ever just live for God and not fail? I mean, we're kind of a miserable miserable human beings the way we live and looking at that I, I just I and again I like I said I just didn't know anything about God I didn't know anything I knew enough when nobody had to tell me I was a sinner when I came originally came to church nobody had to tell me that I knew that I knew I was I tried quitting the things I was doing and I couldn't quit the things I was doing so I was, I, somebody didn't have to tell me I was a sinner because I knew I was. And, um, but I, I looked around the church and I thought, when I got in the church, I remember looking around the church and thinking, these people have, they, they have wings on them because they're angels. And of course we know that, we don't know, well, probably the Bible, doesn't show a whole lot of angels with wings on them but but I looked around and 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 um, I thought they were perfect I thought everybody was perfect that's what I thought and you know in the in the in the New Testament they're called saints I just didn't know much right if you stick around a lot if you stick around for any time you'll find out that just like you have faults and failures, everybody else does. You will find that out. And, uh, you know, we're all human. And failure is it's an unavoidable part of human of being a human is failure it's just unavoidable we cannot avoid failure failures no respecter of person it's common for all it comes at various places times and degrees it comes to it comes to a small failure and to a giant failure right it comes into all shapes and colors But renewal and restoration are included in God's grace. We have God's grace to renew us. And um, even, even in those small failures, those large, those large failures, we know by living with ourselves and witnessing the lives of others, but most importantly, the Bible tells us that we, are, we have failures. Mankind has failures. Failures are painful The only people that would would not fail is somebody that would not try if it no matter what it is if you want to if you want to play the trumpet you're gonna fail but just don't play the trumpet and you won't fail don't try living for God and you won't you will not fail of course the destiny is not a good choice but we won't fail if we decide we we don't want to live for God and if you don't want to, whatever it is, if you don't, whatever, whatever it is, if you, you do it, anything worthwhile doing in life comes with failure. That's just the way it is. We can thank Adam and Eve for their failure in passing their flawed nature on to us. As fallen people, perfection is something to dream about and strive for, but achieving it is elusive. Does anybody ever have that problem? We can, we can, we can strive for it. We can shoot for it. We're shooting for the moon, right? It's like Brother Bernard said one time about holiness is, is uh, one person being holier than the other is like trying to jump and touch the moon. You know, somebody might be able to jump six inches off the ground and the next guy three feet, but you know how far short we come from touching the moon and perfection is that way we just we can't achieve it it's it's elusive but it's something we have to shoot for it's something that has to be a goal of ours is perfection And there's only one perfect human there was, and there, there is, and will be only one perfect human, and that is Jesus. We live with the problem of looking at Jesus, a role model of perfection, but you and I, as imperfect people, never can seem to obtain it. We never obtain it. We look at it, and we say, "Boy, we'd, I'd like to be better at." I would. This would not. I wouldn't stumble over. Fill in the blank. We may have progress in one area to slip up in another. We may have strong areas in our life to slip in our weak areas. Life does not offer do-overs. Thankfully, there is grace. Grace is not the right to continue to fail, but to keep back, to get back up and try again, to learn from our mistakes and continue to live for him. That's what grace is. We can, we will fail. We will fail in our life. We should try to avoid as many failures as possible, but we understand that some failures are unavoidable. The goal then becomes continuing to reach for perfection, but continually overcoming failures through repentance, correction, and continue, continuing towards the goal. That is, our, that is our objective, is to continue to reach for perfection, And continually overcoming failures through repentance, correction, and continuing on to that goal. That's what we need to do. And Brother Gabe, he said, uh, he he actually taught a lesson like this. And he said, failure is is not fatal. And... um, the reality is, I understand what he's saying. I'm not poking fun of his message, but the reality is, failure is fatal. Sometimes, there are, the, the book is littered full of fatal failures. There's, if you think about it, you think about Judas, you think about Saul, you think there's there is example after example when you get in this subject about fatal failures but I understand what he's saying is he's trying to he's trying to encourage us to say just like I am today I will get into this a little further like I am trying to say today here is that we can overcome failure there is life after failure and it is common for us to fail so it's I had to just name it instead of fatal or failure is not, is not always fatal. I had to say, failure is not always final. I had to change, change a word in there. But it's not always final, but it can be. It can be final. You know they can be devastating, disappointing, depressed, depressing, rep, reputation-changing, even life-changing. Failure can be. We suffer losses when we fail, yet failure is rarely a total loss. Rarely is it a total loss. And it only is a total loss is if we allow it to be. That is the only way it can be a total loss. Life is full of options and opportunities. When we fail, we must learn from our failures, take inventory of our losses, accept reality, and then seek new opportunity to rebuild. Failure. The prophet Micah, here I'll get into one of of my few scriptures here. The prophet Micah was speaking for the nation of Israel. He spoke to all their enemies about being boastful of Israel's failures, mistakes, and defeats. Their enemies better remember that they are still the apple of God's eye as a nation. As the nation of Israel, we have a God that loves us, and when we repent, he forgives and restores. And that scripture is Micah 7 and verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. We will suffer failures. Each and every person in here. I will suffer failures, but the key is that uh, we arise with victory. Our failures do not have to finish writing our story. It is not going to finish writing our story. It, it can if we allow it, but our failures do not have to allow it. you know anything anything worthwhile of doing is is there's a potential risk with it even even stuff that is not worthwhile has a risk to it right you can bungee cord jump you can you can skydive know I don't I guess I don't see that's worthwhile and I there's a risk to it but some people think it's worthwhile but there is a risk and and Shelley and I you know, when we, we came to the conclusion that we wanted to follow God, we wanted to uh, live for God, do his will, and uh, there were some risks. You know, did we count the cost to finish the race? Did we have the endurance to take? it? it do, we, did we ha- do we have the endurance it takes to finish the race? Would we lose our family re- relationships? How would our brothers and sisters react? How will our parents take it? Will they be mad, disappointed? Would we lose our friends? We had childhood friends. Would we lose them? Would we be, would we be called fanatics or religious nuts? Of course we would. I got, I got labeled that. Could we be wrong? You know, Shelly and I, we took the risk. You know, we risked our our reputation. And it isn't like I had one back then. <laughs> I was told, I was told by somebody close to me, I was, uh, we were talking about stuff after I got in the church and this person said, you were a loser and you hung around with a bunch of losers. That's what this person told me. So it wasn't like I had a reputation that I could lose. Of course we think we do, but we could have lost our relationships and we did lose some of our relationships. The risk, there's a risk in it, right? We, we understood the risk that we took when we came into church we understand there's probably going to be some consequences of our risks. What we, when we do this and we lost these things that I, that I said were, were real risks and we ended up, um, we ended up disappointing our parents. My dad, Shelly's mom and dad, we ended up losing friends. We ended up losing family members we ended up, the risk was, was the risk worth it? Absolutely. It was absolute. Did some of those come back around? Absolutely. Are they the same? No, no, they're not the same. We were best of friends. and But, um, the more, <clears throat> the more risk we take when living for God, the greater chance of failure. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to sit in the pew here and not take any risks, there isn't a whole lot of chance for failure. I'm just going to sit here and, and let life go on and, and um, we're I would never fail up here, and I have this feeling I am. <laughs> uh, I just I'm not very good at reading my notes. I typically don't do that very often, just go through and read my notes, and when I do, I do not like it. I don't like doing it and I just feel, I I stand up here and I just feel like I lose everybody when I do that. Probably because, the reason is probably because I could never get away with it. When we, when I cut my teeth teaching, we taught the teen class in Sunday school downstairs And you could not read something off a piece of paper because you would instantly lose people. These kids, as soon as you started to put your head down and not look at them, and you would lose them. They would start talking and, and everybody would be talking. So I could not do that. I understood that. So I get nervous when I have to read something off. I just do. And I feel like I'm losing everybody. And and I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the way I feel with it. And so, if I wouldn't have, if I would have never, I would have never failed up here if I just didn't come up here and teach. And And God took, it took God years to get me to do it and years of, of practice of practicing on teenage kids and and nursing homes and in prison ministry and so it took years of practice before he could get me up here but I would have never I would never have had those failures if I would have never just stepped out and did it I had to do it I've had my, my shares of failures teaching. I have had, there's been some miserable lessons. I remember, you know, does, does everybody love to pray in public? You should come up here one time. Just one, everybody should get the opportunity to come up here and lead prayer. And it's amazing. You cannot remember names. Ah, uh, 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 sister, sister Bigler, sister. You know, you know who you are. You know, it's like you just loo- you forget people's names. It's not easy. It's it's a terrible experience. You say you say some of the let's see some of the dumbest things. I mean, I get it comes out of my mouth and I go, whoa, what was that? It's like. And I've I've heard people say them. I've heard myself say them. We fail. Has I remember the first time I had to I had to pray publicly. I prayed with with six people, and it was at Brother and Sister Chita's mobile home and that trailer park by Zins. No, not Zins. Whatever it was by the stage stop or. And I, we, they invited Shelly and I over there for, for a meal. I don't remember if it was lunch or dinner, what it was. And, and my brother, Bob, and, my, and I don't even remember if they were married back then. You know, my sister-in-law, Ann. And the, the, the six of us went over there. And, and Brother Chida goes, Pete, why don't you say prayer for the meal? And when I got done, my brother, Bob, goes, Lord, help them with it, prayer. (laughs) It's like, it was was so pitiful. It was was terrible. I mean, (laughs) so we fail. We fail. And we should be able to laugh at some of that stuff, right? We should be able to laugh at some of it. We should be able to laugh at ourselves. And it's, um, we won't, we will not, we will not fail if we don't try something. We won't fail if you feel you're supposed to give a tongues. If that's what, if God is, if if he if you feel gonna get you have a You, have a pro, you feel you're gonna um, you're gonna give an interpretation or prophecy. You know, we will never know failure if we ne- we will we won't we won't uh, we have to try. And if, if we do fail, it's not like it's the end of the world, right? If we get told that, hey, you're out of line, it, that wasn't from God or whatever, is that, is that the end of the world? If we, but we won't, we will not ever fail if we don't try. That isn't very encouraging. I, I meant to really be more encouraging than that. It's like, hey, you're going to fail if you try? No, no, just, just try it, right? When we're living for God, I won't look at anybody. I, maybe there's somebody here that might look at somebody worse. And I'll get into that. I think it's an important part of, of failure. Is maybe somebody will look at you, wor- somebody worse for failing. But the real, I don't. I don't look at somebody. You can, you can fail all you want. I will not think any less of you. I won't. I will not think any less of you. And I hope you feel the same way towards me. Because there's, I I do, you know, people, I try encouraging people that fail. If people fail, I try encouraging them. There's people, there's people that I will, I will encourage all the time when I see them, if they failed. I don't think anything less of them. And I tell people, there's some people that I've, that have failed and I've told them I'm a, I am a big fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm, you won't have, you won't get it from me if you fail. You won't. <laughs> How about stepping out and praying for someone outside these walls? I remember we were actually pouring. We had some at our <laughs> at our property. We had some 24-inch round columns that were four feet deep that we had to we had to pour, and it was a I think it was a Friday, late Friday afternoon, and the cement truck pulls up, and all he has to do is back up to these things and and dump it in, dump it in these these columns and he shows up and it starts raining i mean it was it was absolutely pouring it was it was just it was terrible the chute the concrete in the chute he would stop pouring and the water was coming down so hard that it was it was cleaning out the chute perfectly clean and i'm i'm we're we're pouring it we pour the third one while well, he goes out and it's it's um it was kind of a slope he was he was on the he was on the slope and his truck slid down and it Shelly thought i mean i'm watching shelly she's like <laughs> and I'm like oh my this is not good you know i'm i'm telling them just dump the concrete right there and uh, you know let's call let's you know call in and he apparently he was afraid maybe he was afraid he was going to get fired and finally I said to him, I said, do you believe in prayer? And he goes, I don't remember what he said. I said, well, let's pray. And we prayed and somehow the guy got out of there. It was, it's a long story. How he got out, I don't know. And then he just about drove the approach. He just about drove off the approach when he drove out. And it's like, and he got out. I'm like, that is, that that's only God that did something like that. but. But, um, you know, stepping out, I, we would never, we would never, we have to step out to know a victory. And it might mean a failure. But why, why get upset about having a failure if we try something? Try it. Teaching a Bible study. Did, did you know... Who, I wonder who the best Bible study teacher in the whole world is. I'm talking about a home Bible study teacher. And even, well, who's the best home Bible study teacher in the whole world? Did you know that person absolutely stunk at teaching Bible studies when he first did it? He had to go through failure to become the world's best Bible study there is a world's best Bible study teacher God knows who it is there's somebody that's the best at teaching home Bible studies and the guy started out stinking at it the only way he would have not stunk at it is if he would have practiced it for years he would have practiced in front of a mirror for years and it, and still you would not get the results of being a good bible study by just i i memorized i remember the two bible the two day bible study i memorized the first the first day every scripture for the first day of the bible study before i taught a bible study every scripture but you know what i stunk at teaching a bible study i knew every scripture by heart i memorized them I memorized them at home. I memorized them. I, I think it was. Uh, I remember if it was ten or fifteen minutes to drive to work. I memorized it on the way to work, on the way back from work. Every every scripture. I think, in fact, what I did is I made a cassette deck or cassette tape with the scriptures, and I recorded them and stuck them in the tape, uh, the the cassette, and listened to the scriptures back, and then I would. Memorize them on the way to work and way to back to work, and I would sit there and every single one. I'm, what more can you do to teach a Bible study? But you know what? I wasn't good at teaching a Bible study. So we take risk, we fail, we learn from our failures, and we move on. That's the way it works. We just we try it. We try it. <clears throat> you know the the greatest the greatest individuals are subject to failure the, you you read the bible and all the great men of god great women of god they had failures and this gives hope for us average folks right just average you know what if if somebody like that fails you know there's room for me to fail too right Hebrews thirteen is the heroes of faith. It's it talks about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, ba- Barak, Samson, Jetha, David, and Sam- Samuel. They all failed. You know, there's I guess Enoch. It doesn't show anything about Enoch failing in the Bible, but the rest of them, it. It plain says, well, Abel, too. Abel and Enoch are two of the ones that does. And the thing, the thing about it is the reason it doesn't talk about their failure, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't talk about the failure is because it doesn't mention much of their life. If it would mention much of their life, it would talk about failure, their failures. But it doesn't tell enough of their life to talk about failure in their life. The Bible gets real about the nature of man. It doesn't hold anything back. It gives gives us the view of the best and the worst in a person. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You know those failures. Those failures are written for generations to see. In Mark, in Mark chapter nine, there's there's a. There's a story there about, and, it, and Jesus is, apparently he wasn't close enough. He, he wasn't close enough to the conversation the disciples were having. And the disciples are, they're having a, a conversation in, on the road, it, it says, in the way. And he, um, he asks them, and see where that they're having this conversation. They're actually disputing. The disciples were disputing. And he um, he says to them, he says, What you know, what were you doing? What what were you disputing about in the way? And of course, they're not going to answer. They don't answer them. But what they were disputing about was who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom. They were having an argument about who's gonna be the greatest, and the disciples are walking along, Jesus is out of there, they can't, they see Jesus can't hear him, so they start arguing back and forth about who's gonna be the greatest. And, and, um, you know, I can imagine, (laughs) Uh, I can imagine they were arguing which one's going to be the greatest, and and um, I'm going to heal more than you. I'm going to cast out more demons than you. I'm going to go. I'm going to love God and people more, the most. I'm I'm going to be the biggest biggest giver ever. I'm going to bring the most people to repentance. I'm going to do the most miracles. And then when someone brings up, I'm going to be the humblest. You know, it's it's crazy. But the reality of that is, you know, for sure, for sure John would have to read that account. John lived in, um, I mean, he all the Gospels would have been written when John was around. Can you imagine John picking up the Gospel of Mark and reading that and going, boy, was I a knucklehead. What in the world was I thinking? And there peter probably had to read some of those the gospels too he was alive and all of a sudden he gets a letter right hey this is supposed to be read in churches and he gets the he gets the gospel of mark and he starts reading it and like oh my did did he have to put that in there my goodness even the greatest fail the the disciples failed they were hand-picked by God himself, 12 out of how many million people? And that's the best 12 people that, that God could pick? That was it? They're human beings. They're human beings. This is the cream of the crop. Maybe it was just the right people for the right job. Even the greatest among us have failures. Even the greatest. Even the greatest. So I'm going to finish with three people. Going to look at their failures. Three people. David. I'll quickly go through this one and then kind of spend some time with the next two david david killed a lion and a bear bear single-handedly he killed a philistine giant with a sling and a stone he served faithfully under a jealous evil king he was a great warrior who ascended to the throne of israel he worshiped god willingly and cheerfully and he used his musical talents to write many psalms of praise he committed adultery and ordered the murder of an innocent man then wrote psalms 51 he mandated a sentence uh, a census uh, um, of the people which displeased God and I don't remember how many lives that cost I didn't write that down how many lives how many innocent lives that cost David my dad used to say he said go big or stay home and I can see I can see Jesse telling David David Go bigger, go go, go bigger, stay home. And so you look at his life, that David went bigger, he stayed home. He either he went to a a height of of greatness and he went to a depth that that nobody here will probably ever experience. He's did things that he did things that that we can't imagine. We can't imagine what he did. Meanwhile, he, he was a man called, he was called a man after God's own heart. He was, he wrote Psalms 51 after he sinned. So David is, he, David absolutely amazes me. His life is an amazing testimony of, of um, a knowledge. He has some kind of knowledge of God and, and God's grace and God's mercy, God's love that I wish I could tap into. But I can't. I just can't. I can't understand it. I just don't. And maybe someday I'll understand the where David he gets all this. But and the the second one is Mark. Uh, Mark in in Luke or Acts chapter thirteen. And this is this is a, a, a an important lesson. And there's actually two lessons in looking at Mark. In Acts chapter 13, it tells, it tells us that the Holy Ghost tells, tells to separate Paul and Barnabas for a missionary journey. And so they end up uh, taking Mark with them as a helper on that first missionary journey. And early in, the, early in that trip, Mark decides he's going to go back to Jerusalem. The Bible just tells us, I don't remember what it is, verse 3, verse 4, something like that, he just, he decides, and, and John goes back to Jerusalem or something like that. He just, and it doesn't give us much detail in it or what happened or anything like that, just that he went. But it would be, it would be interesting to know what, what took place here? The Bible doesn't tell us, but it we can kind of read between the lines because of some of the things that happened after that. And and um, but you know he had to John or Mark had to tell him he would have had to come to uh, Paul and Barnabas and say you know what I'm I'm going back to Jerusalem. He would have to. That would be a terrible thing to have to tell, say right. Go and say you know I'm I'm heading back to Jerusalem. And, you know, um, he, in fact, he said, it, it talks about taking, a, you know, he'd have to take the next boat back to Jerusalem. And what did they do? They tried to encourage him. They tried talking him out of it. You know, I, what transpired? I would, well, I'll just leave it at that. So what what caused it? Was he too young? Was he homesick? He didn't count the cost, it was too hard, there was too much hardships and suffering. It was more than he bargained for. Whatever the reason, Paul did not take it very good. As the two um, as as Paul and Barnabas prepared for their second missionary journey, Barnabas again invited Mark to go along you know and this didn't go over very well with Paul and the conflict between Paul and Barnabas was so bad that they ended up parting ways and, and the Bible in the beginning says se- it, it says about separate, separating Paul and Barnabas the Holy Ghost said that well here the two men just grabbed who they felt they you know Paul, Paul ends up Grabbing um, uh, Silas, and Barnabas ends up grabbing Mark, and they go their separate ways. That's the the dispute between them was so sharp. It says so sharp, and um, it would be it would be a long, depressing trip back to Jerusalem for Mark. He ended up having to take that boat ride. And he had to show up in Jerusalem, and he would have to sh- he would have to get there to the church, and they would be going. What's going on, Mark? Why are you here already? You know, is everybody is Paul okay? Is is Barnabas okay? Did they die? Are they in jail? What's going on? You know, no. He had to give him his explanation. Nope, I just failure. Failure is just too hard for me, probably. Then we have a doubting Tom. We have a touting Thomas. Now we have Mark the deserter, deserting two people that trusted him to have their back in the heat of the battle. Mark the deserter just left them, left them high and dry. You know, it's a good reason. It's a good reason to just hang your head and quit, right? You have to make that trip back. You have to show up in Jerusalem. You have to face the church. You have to face the leaders of the church. What a disappointment. And Mark could have just hung his head and quit. And the second part of that lesson about Mark <clears throat> is Barnabas. And I I read some of this stuff when I... Did a lesson on encouragement lately, but I put down Barnabas, the friend of failure. He's a friend of failure. The name Barnabas means son of consolation, son of exhortation, or son of comfort. He, first, he was the first to believe in Saul. He brought Saul to the apostles. When, when, when the apostles were fearful of Paul, he brings Paul to the apostles. He, uh, it appears, it appears, and I would say that's taking it lightly. It appears that he was able to look at the potential in a person, not in, not in his failures. It appears that, I, I like I said, I think that's, that's taken, that's, this is my estimation, is that he was very good. At looking at potential and seeing the best in people, <clears throat> Barnabas believed in Mark when Paul did not. We know from Scripture that Barnabas was correct, and Paul in eventually reconciled with 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 Mark. Second Timothy chapter four and verse eleven, Paul says, "Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee." For he is profitable to me for the ministry. He's profitable for me for the ministry. So Paul, Paul went from being in a, in a dispute with Barnabas over Mark to having Mark being profitable to him. And this is from the premier Bible study. I quoted this last time and this is quite a quotation here. It says, when the story of these two spiritual titans, meaning Paul and Barnabas, begins, scripture mentions Barnabas and Paul, though later it was changed to Paul and Barnabas. Not many leaders can find it within themselves to eventually work for their, assist, their former assistants. In his, in, now this is what I wanna to get to. In his lifetime, Barnabas might not have reached the, the third heaven as did Paul, as he was possibly, and, and he says possibly here, and I understand with the use possibly, but the reality is, as you can tell from scripture that, that it's a true statement. Barnabas might not have reached the third heaven as did Paul, as he was possibly simply too busy building scaffolding for other men of God, such as Paul and Mark. And that's a friend to failure, a friend, of fa- a friend of failure. Mark was profitable to Paul, wrote the gospel of Mark. Hints, there's hints that he became a companion with Peter and even worked as his interpreter. And some historians believe Mark also worked in the church at Alexandria. So that's from failure to, re- to writing the gospel of Mark. Because of Barnabas, Barnabas took him. I can imagine that trip that's that second missionary trip, trip that Barnabas took and I I've heard bad things or uh, I've heard saying that you know uh, the rest of course the rest from chapter 13 from from chapter one to chapter 12 is, is Peter's ministry from chapter 13 is Paul's ministry so Barnabas I've heard people say that Barnabas moved out of you know the will of God and he and it was if he would have stuck with Paul he would have been involved with Paul's ministry and and but the reality is Paul Barnabas went with Barnabas and can you imagine that trip it was probably one of healing of saying hey you can do this you can make it. You know, failure is not, is not final. It's not a final. You can do this. And so he worked with him, and Paul ended up benefiting from it. Paul benefits later in life over what Barnabas did in, in, uh, in Mark's life. Recovering from failure is always possible, and it certainly helps when we have someone like Barnabas. We need to be a Barnabas To those that fail. And the last one, if I see, no, I'm not going to do the last one. I don't have time to. So let's stand. I didn't realize it was so late. The last one was Peter. Micah 7 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. We will fail. We will fail. Be a Barnabas to those that fail. Remember, in fact, I will say this from Peter. The failure of Peter. There's, there's something in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 34. There is, it, it looks... That, um, that God's definition of failure and our definition of failure, if you look at those scriptures, it appears that God's definition of failure is if we do not get up. That is his definition of failure. But our definition of failure is when we do something that embarrasses us, we sin against God, we, that is a failure. But God, if you look at that in in Luke 22, it appears the definition of failure to God is if we do not get up. That is failure. And that is... Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you'd help each and every one to understand and to learn from our failures, Lord, to lift others up when they fail. We pray, Lord, in your precious name. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You're a great God. You're great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.